Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Welcome to this special programme, uh, a Tyler's Long One with Jimmy Bruni, Gianmaria Bruni, Italian. We tend to think of everyone who's Italian wants to be a racing driver. Did you always want to be a racing driver? Uh, yes, uh, I grew up uh, with this, uh, of course, this idea. My idols was uh, Dindo Capello and uh, Piro. And uh, really like I want to be uh, as uh, like them. I like uh, since uh, the beginning. I like this uh, um, atmosphere of uh, 24 hours racing. And uh, I didn't know really what was. Uh, I was thinking it was 24 hours, but you have like you stopping sometimes. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was uh, like eight, seven. Uh, but after uh, when I had the opportunity to meet uh, Emanuele, and uh, it was in go kart track, uh, Piro. Uh, he explained how 24 hours works and I said, oh, okay, I like it, but it's longer, uh, but it's okay. But uh, I, I had this idea in mind to, uh, of course, uh, become a F1 driver. It was a dream, but uh, I like to be as, uh, like what they did, a professional driver, works for, work for a, a big company and, uh, and enjoy and driving this 24 hours. So in your household, when you were growing up, six, seven, eight years old. Motorsport was something that was talked about in the household or that was something you came to on your own? Yeah, I came. It was very funny because uh, I was six. I was doing uh, the like elementary school and uh, it was one of the first few days. And one friend of mine, and he was my uh, classmate, uh, came with a Polaroid picture at the time and uh, and he showed me a go-kart then he just the father just bought it to him I said oh nice uh, let me see let me see it how it works he said ah here's the throttle here's the brakes uh, we've been three four times in the racetrack uh, in Rome and uh, how is feeling ah great uh, you're turning you go high speed you're losing and you're spinning around I said nice so I went back and uh, asked to my uh, uh, father and I said, did, did you know if there is something with four wheels and engine that I can drive? And he said, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to ask someone. And at the same time, my grandfather was there. So he, he, he went around and he found out where it was the possibility to rent it and running. And we went uh, like a week after. And we continued to go on the racetrack uh, for the next three months instead of going to school in the morning. So that was, <laughs> that was, that was not good because uh, when my mother... Uh, she find out uh, she was not happy for sure, and I was just uh, before seven. Is is it true then that when you started to race competitively, you had to tell a lie yes. about how old you were? Yeah, yes, because to start racing at the time you have to be uh, ten, and uh, and uh, I was uh, at ten or yeah, I was nine, ten, and I was a bit overweight. So I have to race with uh, 14 years old guys, ah. but I was only 10. 
and so we uh, uh, my this is all my grandfather uh, he makes something on the documents and uh, <laughs> and I start racing so I start racing with the with the kids then they were 14 I was 10 so uh, it was nice it was good experience but obviously uh, when they found out uh, they were not happy the federation uh, I was thinking they should give me a trophy because I was younger as I was older <laughs> but they didn't think about it like this so they stopped me for one one year because in that year in that transition was changing the regulation so you can start uh, racing at uh, 12 in that category instead of 14 so uh, I stopped one year when I was 12 and I when I did 12 years old I raced in a perfect category so we know that however anybody starts in motor racing going through motor racing is always difficult because you have to find money yes and you didn't come from a a, a rich family so how did you progress from karting into was it would have been formula Formula campus Campus. yes it was very funny uh i was going to parma and to do the mark guti international trophy racing in go-karts and uh, and a way up i i was with my teammate and he was coming from rome also and we were going to uh, harry morrow uh school and it's uh, in a way to north of Italy. So we stopped it, and I was just 15. I, we stopped it, and uh, he was doing the three days of uh, learning uh, with the racing car. And it was one spot left. And uh, Harry Morrow said, uh, did you want to do it? I said, I never drove a racing car. I don't know how to shift it, nothing. And he said, yeah, but uh, this is the price. So I called my dad. I said, can we do it, please, please? I said, I don't know. I'm thinking about Let's speak with mother and so he called me back and he said, okay, I need to come there. I need to sign a document because I was under 18. Uh, so he came. I did these three days. I love it. And in the same days was a Formula Campus boss. Then it's Drudy. At the time oh, yeah. it was uh, Drudy. And he said, ah, well, there is a chance that uh, if you want, you can do Campus. Uh, there is two races left in the season. And uh, that was 97 two races left in the season and if you want you can join uh, and this is the prize so uh, my father there he helped me so I went in these two races first race pole position and win the race and uh, I was very happy and uh, so but you'd never even driven a car before never not even a street car not even you know on, on a side road or anything like that never never and yeah it was, uh, I was very impressed uh, how I, I speed up compared to the even guys that they did all season and uh, so, and after uh, it was um, like um, at the end of the '97, it was uh, like um, a challenge to become a work driver for Autosprint or Rombo, that they were a newspaper, news uh, magazine, motorsport mm-hmm. magazine. And we, I did this challenge for Rombo, and I won it. So Rombo pay all uh, all my season in Formula Campus. And uh, so I won the championship there. So that was 98. So your first full season yeah. of car racing yeah. is, number one, all paid for, and number two, you win. Yeah, that's, that's very unusual. Yeah, very lucky. And after uh, uh, winning that series, I had the chance to uh, go in a Formula Renault Euro Cup mm-hmm. with Raikkonen was there. And, uh, and again, second season, uh, won the championship, European championship, Euro Cup, with JD Motorsports. And it was a uh, big field. It was Lotterer was my teammate, uh, and uh, Pizzonia, Rakanen was there, and uh, so I won the championship. And uh, Renault took me as a racing works driver. And uh, he so hang on, you're what 17 at this uh, point? Yeah, I was uh, between 16, 17, just 17. And all you've known then is two, three seasons of racing, and you've known winning all the time. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was yeah, it was a, a very good starting, and uh, and after uh, Renault took me and he took me in England, uh, where I want to go uh, for first learning English, uh, where is the motorsport language, and second to improve, uh, be be away from the family. It was easy to do F3 Italian Championship, uh, going home and everything was easy. So I want to become better. Uh, it was not easy because I I was just 17. I moved away from home. That is quite unusual for Italian person. And uh, so I moved uh, over in England. I lived there for one year. I didn't come back at all home. So uh, so this was to do British F3 in 2000, this was, with Fortec. Now, I remember those days of British Formula 3, huge grids of cars. And you had Petonia again, Lotterer was there again, Sato, Davidson, all in, all in the championship that year. Yeah, 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 it was good. Yeah, I, in the championship, I didn't know any circuit, and uh, and of course uh, at the time, uh, uh, the Renault was good engine, but wasn't the best. It was we did good. We did two season, uh, one race, and podiums, and it was good learning. Good, good learning. Good and where learning. did you live when you were in England? In Northampton. Of course. Of course. <laughs> where are you going? Northampton. Northampton. Yeah. So just down the road from Silverstone, yeah. Milton Keynes in the carbon fiber yeah. triangle. That, for you, at that relatively young age, having come from Italy, from Rome, yeah. that, I mean, I know it's still a part of Europe, but that was quite a culture shock, presumably. Yes, it was. It was. Uh, but it's what I want, uh, really. I really uh, want to uh, try to learn English first and second, make uh, life a little bit difficult. Because there, before it was easier, everything was easier. Racing was easier, victory was easier, but uh, for some reason... But uh, going there, it's where uh, you will, uh, you sooner or later in life, you will, uh, you will uh, stand up in the difficult situation. So I prefer to get sooner than later. And in those days, <laughs> and in those days, British F3 was an absolute must do for a career racing driver. It was almost like a world championship of F3. Yes, yes, yes it was good, and uh, we did good races. Like I said, I came third in Macau at the end of the season and uh, finished fourth in the championship and uh, good points and uh, good racing so it was all 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 good and but after uh, when everything was over after two years uh, i had uh, renault had the one year that they didn't know what to do it not continuous with the driver so they they dropped me and uh, so i i was basically like uh, without driving uh, i did a few races uh, colony let me do a few races uh, in f3000 euro f3000 was that hard because you you'd come into the sport in yeah. such a a positive way yeah. you'd had money behind you yeah. all, all that point and that must have been very frustrating and very disappointing, Jimmy. Yeah, very. It was difficult. Also, a few few things then it happened just on the way. I was uh, going to uh, a BAR test to be a test driver. Fly, going fly on. Uh, I remember going to uh, Barcelona testing the car. Get the phone call. No, we already took another driver because Honda is paying. Okay. So I fly back. I fly back, and other few things that I did there were really tough. Uh, I was going to have a, a test with Sauber in the same time where Raikkonen has the test in 2000, uh, but uh, they stopped me and they said, "Ah, no, but it was end of 2000. No, better you don't go. Renault doesn't want to." Uh, so it was a tough years in that situation between 2001 and. End of 2002, yeah. You found your way into Euro Formula 3000. Yeah. 
and uh, in 2003, you you hadn't done a full season as you were saying. So 2003, you did the full season, finished third in the championship. Yeah, I yeah I missed three races because uh, in one point I was fighting with uh, Farfus, and uh, and after for the championship uh, and after three races to go, uh, I found a sponsor. Then he wanted to be in F1. Uh, and he said, "Okay, if you want to go to F1, you have to miss the three races, and we start doing a Friday Friday practice with F1 Minardi." And I said, "Okay, I was young, I was 20, 21, so of course F1 it was my uh, my dream of a kid's dream, you know." And I didn't have any manager, not nobody that could. You didn't have a manager at no. this point, and you're knocking on the door of Formula One, and you didn't have a management, a, a, a person looking after your management. Team. No, it was my father helped me, and my father used to be a, a manager of singer in Italy, in Italy, uh, a famous singer in Italy, and so he was helped me uh, for the direction and uh, to think about. Obviously, he was thinking maybe too much because he was my father. Obviously, sometimes it's not the best, uh, but he was in, in another way was good because he didn't know anything about racing. Yeah. So uh, he came with new eyes. Yeah, yeah, new eyes, and he was the dad. Then he never say, "Ah, you have to break late there or turn there." So he wasn't a racing dad. No, no, he was. He was a good dad because when we came back home and uh, I was winning or losing, uh, he said, "Are you happy?" I said, "Yes," because we won. Okay, if you are not happy, just try to improve yourself. Uh, it was. So, before I move on to Minardi then, I've got to go back to that, because I didn't realise that your dad had been in the music industry. So was there no pressure for you then, for your dad to to get you into the music industry or anything like that? Were you in any way musical? Did you play an instrument? Did you sing? Uh, No, my father, uh, when he was young, he was a football player. Uh, He also played for Roma, and AS Roma. So he was pushing so hard to put me on the football things but for me I was like uh, opposite I couldn't even touch the ball (laughs) (laughs) and I hate football player I hate football and uh, so it was (laughs) it was tough for him to accept that so he said what I've done what kids have done so (laughs) (laughs) what have I done to deserve this my children don't understand yes yes correctly and and uh, so that was really really fun but uh, after he accept what I loves and what was my uh, uh, dream so he helped me to get there, yeah, for sure. With Jimmy Bruni, the latest Porsche GT driver, talking about his early years on this long one as a special programme. So 2003 then, you have that uh, great season in Euro Formula 3000, and you have the opportunity to go to Minardi. Yeah. So Formula 1, I mean, that's extraordinary, and particularly given what you've told us, yeah. Minardi weren't one of the big teams, but it's in the Formula One paddock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was true, but uh, like with experience, uh, now it's easy to say because it's uh, already passed. But I should wait. I should wait. Uh, not having these uh, things to go in uh, in F1 with. Uh, not, uh, I would. Not, I'm not saying I blame the team. Of course, I I knew uh, before getting to the Minardi that the Minardi was last. Uh, but it was difficult. Uh, I was thinking. Well, you still had to find sponsorship. They weren't going to pay you. You had to take money to them. Yeah, I had. A sp- I was say I have this sponsor, and he want to be uh, in F1. 
uh, on the side of the F1 car, and so uh, I knew I knew Giancarlo Minardi, and uh, since uh, before, and uh, so I went to talk with him, and and uh, we did that the deal was done. Yeah. So tell me about then becoming a Formula One driver. First, so you're 22, 21? Yeah, yeah, first test was 21, but uh, I started when I was 22, yeah. Extraordinary that you've only started car racing, what, five years before, before you're in Formula One. Uh, That's extraordinary. Um, What were you expecting of Formula One and what was the reality? Uh, I was expecting that I could make a difference, but the reality was no. You're just a passenger in the car. If the car is fast, you go fast. Otherwise, you're sitting there. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was thinking I could, I could have done something, but nothing. Uh, first test I was with uh, Jos against Jos Verstappen, and he was, he was good teach me uh, good things. I was the same speed as him. First test in F1 car, so it was all good, positive. But I was thinking, okay, maybe I will improve more. I will try more, but nothing. It was. I could have done more, uh, obviously. Uh, I could have done better uh, behavior of my, what I for myself because in one point I was very frustrating because I couldn't have done anything. And I knew drivers, and uh, we are all drivers. We always think we are the fastest, but uh, uh, but some drivers I know they were, who was there in Formula One and who was not there and and uh, who is and uh, who is not. So it was frustrating. It was very nice the first five races because you get in F1. But after that was tough leaving home, going to the circuit and you know that the best you can do it, it becomes uh, just before last. And and presumably no development on the car through the season because that wasn't Giancarlo's way, was it? No, 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 no. The car was uh, three years older. It was Mark Webber 2002 car, chassis. And uh, Fernando Alonso engine 2001. So we, we stay with this engine all season long. With that engine, six gear, 120 horsepower less than the others. Ford engine. We have a Cosworth, and uh, the chassis was uh, I was in 2004, and the chassis was 2002 Mack Webber. So impossible to do, and uh, very very uh, disappointed. But uh, I didn't expect that. I was thinking uh, we, something was coming. Uh, up uh, during the season because at the time uh, also uh, thought that uh, bought uh, uh, different cars I think it was Arrows mm-hmm. and it was a huge potential on Arrows but obviously it was very expensive mm-hmm. and so uh, but it's it's part of the game and uh, I learned uh, the lesson it was a big lesson and if I have to now I have the experience of course and uh, if I in the future I will be become Manager, I will try to learn and teach uh, drivers uh, that is not only F1 uh, in life. So the, well, exactly right. So at the end of that season, yeah. um, I was what happens? You, I, you're done, you're finished with motorsport? Yeah, I didn't want to racing anymore. You weren't happy that year, were you, no. in the second half of that season? No, I didn't want to racing anymore, really. I was like, I start, uh, I have a big passion of cycling. So uh, and I didn't have a really big money behind me, so I have to find, I have to do the job. So for uh, for three, four months, uh, I was a spinning uh, extractor in a gym. Yeah, it was funny. I was a spinning. Now that's something I didn't know. <laughs> I bet a lot of people in this paddock didn't know that as well. A spinning instructor in yeah. a gym. 
but that must have been the very start of spinning then and that, that it was that, in Italy it was yeah, uh, yeah it was uh, it was end of 2004 and I was a spinning instructor for four months and uh, I was happy because it was my passion cycling uh, I didn't want to uh, hear any more about racing but, but after uh, Maurizio Salvadori called me and it was uh, March and he said ah you know there is a new class going up it's called GP2 uh, you, what do you think? You would like to do it? I said, I don't have a sponsor, I don't have money, but really I don't want to racing anymore. Uh, sorry, thank you. Uh, and I put down the phone. And after 10 days he called me again and said, ah, there is this GP2 uh, and it's growing up, uh, lots of names, Rosberg and drivers, very, sp- very good uh, names and PK, maybe it's a good thing that you can... Uh, uh, going through uh, this series try to show that you can do it and maybe you go in a different team in F1 uh, I said yes uh, but let me think about now the moment I'm busy with uh, my job I'm doing uh, uh, six hours of uh, lesson per day and uh, so I any any I call him back and I said it was end of March uh, already two uh, official tests was done there was only one day left uh, I said, okay, but where are we going? I said, you, you are not motorsport guy. You are all, he was a, a, a he's a big manager in Italy. He's mm-hmm. managing Ramazzotti, and uh, good names in, in Italy. Uh, he's a friend of my father, and he said, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I can put you, uh, I can put some money on you, and we go racing with Coloni. I said, uh, yeah, I know, and so he helped me like two years ago, three years ago in uh, Euro 3000. He did, let me do two or three races. Uh, okay, let's start. So we went there. Uh, you, you won the first race in Barcelona, though, didn't you? Second. Second, okay. Yeah, yeah first race, we came fourth. It was two races in Valencia, fourth and fourth. Uh, Imola, sorry, fourth and fourth. And after the second race, it was Paul and victory. And second race, we came fourth, yeah. So at that point, you think, ha-ha, everything's right again, everything's good. Yeah, right again. And uh, we went to just before mid-season, and I was one point behind uh, Kovalainen. Uh, then he was leading in championship, so I was second. It was all good with a new team, just built up at the last moment and uh, with one day's testing. So I said, hey, everything can be good, and it was a summer break. You had a great race at Monaco, I seem to remember that. Yeah. Did you come second at Monaco? Yeah, I came second. Uh, I led, the race was 41 laps, I still remember, uh, and uh, led 37 laps, and the last lap uh, I pit, and the wheel nuts front rear right, front right wheel nuts didn't come out. Lost the race by six tenths. Yeah, I remember. So that was good. Was uh, I didn't know I raced Monaco the year before. Obviously, I have the experience uh, compared to the others, but it was nice. It was uh, it was nice. So that was with Coloni, but you yeah. didn't finish the season out with Coloni. So no, what happened there? Yeah, it was. Uh, I had a very good engineer uh, until there, and it was uh, Sergio Riland. And uh, so uh, when it was the summer break, then we were second in the championship. Uh, close to Kovalainen, and I was hoping for this summer break. It was official three days testing in Porica to make some progress, me and the car and the team. But uh, when I showed up there, the t- the, my engineer was not there anymore. I said, uh, who's going to engineer the car? And he said, uh, my father. Uh, I said, yeah, but he doesn't know the car. It's uh, 70 years old, and uh, and uh, it's difficult. Why? why what is, uh, I didn't like the engineer, I sacked him. Uh, so... 
from there on, I was uh, fighting with the uh, with the father of Colony Enzo and uh, to get the car right because he has a funny idea on the car. And uh, so after I said to uh, to um, uh, Salvadori, I think I said it's better you stop it, uh, pay because at the moment like this you just throwing out the money. It's not about me, but it's about you. You pay for for me to racing, uh, so stop it is better. And we stop it, and after uh, Durango, I stay one race uh, off. I was uh, it was September, so I didn't race in Monza. Uh, it was a funny things. He, Villander replies me in that. No. <laughs> yes, Villander replies me in uh, Monza. Uh, he, he took my place for Monza, and I, I stay home. I, we didn't go racing. And uh, and the, the, after Durango called me, I said hey, I have uh, one Monfardini. It was Italian rider stop uh, driver stop. Uh, he doesn't want to race anymore. I have one seat left. I can give you for free. You come to racing. I said I called him Salvadori because obviously he helped me. I said uh, we can go there and see how it goes. So and uh, we go there qualifying pole and uh, let the race uh, make mistake crash but it was good uh, good comeback um, and after the he after Salvadori decided to make uh, his own team mm-hmm. Trident Trident yeah, yeah and, uh, and he asked me again ah, you want to go racing again I said yeah I like the team if we go if we do the things in a proper way maybe we can do good and uh, so we start we start the season, and that was the following season. Yeah, couple, of, couple of wins that year in two thousand six yeah, yeah. for for a brand new team. Yeah, it was good. Uh, good, good starting. Uh, was uh, very good, very good um, fighting. Uh, the two wins we did there was in front of Hamilton, so it was good wins, two poles, and uh, uh, good results. But uh, during the season, in August, when is the three weeks of break at the time? Uh, I was in the vacation in uh, Egypt, so not not a lot of people knows this, but uh, I broke my ankle and I raced the last uh, four races with a broken ankle, and uh, up to there I was second behind Hamilton in championship and uh, I last four races with a broken ankle. I didn't have feeling for throttle and it was difficult uh, doing injection, not to feeling. <laughs> But uh, now it's over. It's uh, uh, 11 years ago, so I can say. <laughs> which is when you come into GT, which I'm, I'm not going to go into that in, in this interview. We'll do another interview another time for that. Regrets about that? You say, obviously, looking back on it, in hindsight, you might change a few things, but an extraordinary run into the sport. Yeah. The guys you raced against, the guys you beat, have all gone on to be big stars you mentioned them Hamilton yeah. um, and you know all of those yeah. guys Lotterer. Um do you do you feel slightly frustrated that you didn't get the breaks that, that they got because with a little more luck Jimmy that could have been you yeah, no I'm not frustrating I mean uh, life has been very nice with me <laughs> I have to say uh, after that uh, we talk after but it's a big talk after <laughs> uh, it's, so I cannot say anything uh, someone have a different way different help uh, and but it's good but also in the other way I'm only the few of drivers than beat Hamilton so I'm happy <laughs> at the end of that single seater part of your career and that second season in GP2 where was your head at that point um, and where did you think your, your future lay uh, again, after the GP2, um, it was um, 
it was tough uh, because I I taste again the sweets of racing, uh, but not uh, end up finish the 2006 season in a good way because the broken ankle. So first after the season, uh, when the season was over, I have to uh, just uh, look after my ankle to fix it. Otherwise, it was difficult. Uh, to drive, to walk, to run, wherever, uh, to spinning also. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a mental picture here that I don't need right now about, <laughs> about you spinning. Lots of lycra involved, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, and so and and that so I didn't know what to do it and and after I was with my at the time my girlfriend now is my wife already since uh, six years uh, I met her when I was in England. And so uh, we were living together. So I said, ah, "What I should do it? No, I should do it. I don't know. I love racing, but honestly, I have to uh, look after now the legs and, and ankle and and uh, and after I was always in touch with uh, Doctor Ceccarelli, and he helped me. And he knows uh, my mentality, my things. He followed my racing because um, Ceccarelli was the first when we went there in '98." was the first trainer of campus so mm-hmm. he knows me since 98 i was just 16 so he knows me how i grew up or wherever and uh, so he has a good connection with the uh, amato ferrari mm-hmm. and and uh, there uh, we start and there we start the next chapter which we'll leave for another time uh, amato ferrari from af corsa brings us in to jimmy bruni and the gt years which we'll explore with them uh, at, a, at a later date Jimmy thank you very much thank very you. illuminating I really enjoyed that thank yeah. you thank you very much this programme is a Radio Show Limited production tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com